0: Welcome to our podcast. Here's what's happening with Chapter 32.
1: We have news on our closest landmark, Le Château de Noyac.
0: Another method of harvesting plums.
1: And Jeff proves once again that his worst driving occurs right here on the property.
0: Yeah, it's Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. So we were on our walk to the Château. Yes. The other day. And we saw them like this is harvest season bananas for the for the pruneau the plums.
1: That's right. And we didn't really know if 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 people were actually like harvesting that particular orchard.
0: Yeah, yeah we've never seen anyone on it. No, no.
1: <laughs> and lo and behold, we see these two big tractors.
0: Yeah, and, and they're and they're coming down right at us.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's a different method uh, of collecting the prunes than what we saw last week.
0: Yeah, we showed you a smaller operation with our friends Jeremy, Daniel and um, and Marie, Marie. and uh, it it it's sort of a, a one tractor setup where the tr- tractor goes and yeah, there's a big umbrella that goes around yeah. the tree that yeah. shakes the tree and everything falls into the umbrella. Check it out on our Facebook page, Jeff and Julie Moved to France. So we're, we're on our way to the chateau, and I'm glad I brought my phone because I was able to capture this new method or this different method.
1: It's a different method. So one tractor has a, has the, the shaker thing, yeah. pushes the tree so that the plums fall into kind of a, a tarp that the other tractor
0: has. Collects.
1: It, it collects. And so the the tarp retracts and then puts the plums into the the bucket.
0: The container, the yeah. Container. It was it was really interesting. I I mean it was certainly much faster, much bigger operation. You have the two tractors working in tandem. But we found there to be like way more waste.
1: yeah a lot, a lot of plums fall to the ground And he was so cool <laughs> the farmer said, you know you guys you're welcome to pick anything that falls on the ground because we don't collect those yeah,
0: And so we came back with our guests which he will tell we'll tell you about in a minute here uh, and uh, w- with uh, little Jude who's uh, gonna be seven next month and we just had a ball picking these fresh, plums delicious they were just on the ground and
1: yeah we brought a big back sack and and filled it up yeah and uh we've been chomping on on prunes plums <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah we have to stay pretty close to the uh, <laughs> the washroom but uh no it's They've been just delicious. That's the thing. They're When they're being harvested, you just can, you can eat them right away, and they go right into the ovens for the prunes. Mm-hmm. But uh, while they're in the plum stage, they are just Sweet, delicious. Sweet,
1: really, like candy. Mm-hmm. I, I asked Anne-Marie about the different um, process of, of harvesting, Okay, and she explains it. It, if the orchard is very long mm-hmm. and has wide space between the trees that method of of two tractors works very well but if you've got an orchard that is closer together and that has uneven ground it's it's m- much better to do an individual tree it's much much safer and also you don't really with the two tractors, you need a lot of room to maneuver.
0: Yes, because the uh, the container is a long device. You can check this out. I'm going to include this separate method on our Facebook page as well. And uh, you'll get a sense of the the difference between the two methods. But yeah, it, it was pretty cool. And I, I can understand that in Anne-Marie's case, you're probably wanting to, if you have a smaller land lot for your prunes, you probably want to compress it a little bit so that you can get more trees on it. Right. And hence the, the single tractor method is probably the better one.
1: Right. And actually, the day we got back from the original Prune Harvest. Yeah,
0: uh, at Anne-Marie's place.
1: We got back to the house, and we went into the house, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, we hear yeah. this massive sound. And it wasn't
0: that massive.
1: It was... Well, y- you said it was a jet.
0: Well, it sounded and- like a jet flying, because we do have the... Well, no, we have the the, the the French Air Force flies over quite frequently. True. And and when it comes over, and it's fast, it's...
1: Yeah. That's yep. what it
0: sounded like to me.
1: And the dogs were barking, yep. and, and so... We just said, oh, well, uh, that was a jet, and then you, you got ready to go get your haircut. cut. Yep. And then you came back into the house, and you looked like mm-hmm. you'd seen a ghost. Yeah. And you came to get the set of keys to the car, yeah. and... Yeah, <sighs> I went out into
0: the driveway, and I said, where is the other car? Because I parked <laughs> it right... In the carport. And then I looked to the right, and mm-hmm. what had happened was we get we get home in a rush, and I... There
1: was no rush. <laughs> I was a <laughs> no rush to go get
0: my hair because we were, you know, we were with the prunes for a little longer than we thought we'd be. There was a bit of a rush. Here's the thing. I'm still not used to the... Here's how old I am. I, I'm used to a handbrake, okay? Like, it's a manual car, first of all. It's a manual car. And I'm used to... When I park that, handbrake, leave it in gear. Mm -hmm. So I hit the little button, which is now, you know, the size of my thumb. I see the light go on, but it clearly went off because I I have since tried it. And that's what... You've got to be perfectly still in this car and make sure the light stays on. And it's the one time in my life Mm -hmm. that I left the car out of gear. Mm -hmm. I always park a manual car in gear and with the brake on. And we have an incline, incline on our property, so... Well, we, we just learned that we have a, an incline on our property at that at that stage. It doesn't look like it, does it?
1: Uh, no, I think it does.
0: Well, but it doesn't look like it would pick up the kind of speed that would launch it down the driveway, over the curb, and into the barn. Yep. And that's what happened.
1: So, we've got a smashed bumper. Mm. We now are officially French car owners. <laughs>
0: Because it hasn't been repaired yet?
1: <laughs> because it hasn't been repaired yet.
0: <laughs> you know, we have had... So I, I know this is not a contest, but, you know, you make fun of me. Uh-huh. You've had several incidents. Uh, in on,
1: on on the on our own properties. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think probably... Mm, three. Most. You've had three. I've had three. I know. Who's oh, good? I've had three. Yeah.
0: You've had three and I've had two. But
1: to my own vehicles... You've had two smashing into mine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the one that's just remarkable to me. (laughs) Julie's car was parked. This is when we were in Rockwood. (laughs) It was parked right in the middle of the driveway. And I. Plain as day. And and again, rushed because we were taking the dog, because we were heading to Montreal on a trip. So I was taking the dogs in my Jeep to the kennel, Mm -hmm. rushed. Mm -hmm. And I. Literally walk right, <laughs> have to go around her car to get to my car, proceed to get in the car, back up, and smash right into the car. Like, mere gone, door finished. Yeah. It, oh, was I mad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But you you took out uh, a couple of trees one time on our <laughs> property. You uh smashed up the garage. Oh yeah, and I you... didn't smash up the... And then uh and then That
1: was not that was just a little scratch. That was <laughs>
0: nothing. Your idea of a little scratch. And then and then you back into my my little 4x4 buggy which is orange. <laughs> How do you back into something that's orange? Uh, Anyway, it it isn't a
1: competition, but it brings me to the French phrase of the day. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready?
0: Oh, sure.
1: Okay. Um, It's a medium-length phrase. (laughs) Okay. It's not too long. All right. Okay, here it goes.
0: French phrase of the day.
1: Si il y a tant d'accidents sur les routes, c'est parce que nous avons des voitures de demain conduite par des hommes d'aujourd'hui sur des routes
0: d'hier oh my god Uh, is it the same date (laughs) that's it's medium it's it's
1: three lines
0: yeah, I'm not going to... I know it's, it has something to do with you have an accident on, on the road and it's something about a man. And
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of clever because it, it's talking about accidents on a road when, when really... We,
0: we never have them on the roads. No. We only have them on our own property. We've had literally five accidents in the last five years that have only happened on our property and one of them, no one was in the car. <laughs>
1: So, one more time, s'il y a tant d'accidents sur les routes, c'est parce que nous avons des voitures de demain conduites par des hommes d'aujourd'hui sur des routes d'hier.
0: What is uh, the uh, voiture de uh, demain?
1: Voiture de demain,
0: yeah, Cars that's... of Tomorrow. Oh, Cars of Tomorrow. I, yeah, okay. All right. Well, we have Cars of Tomorrow. There was that in there. I, saw, I heard that. Uh-huh. I heard uh, something about an um. Yes. That's a man. Yeah. And uh, I heard about uh, when there's an a-, a time for an accident? Or is that no,
1: it, it, it's um, T-A-N-T, not T-E-M-P-S. Oh. It, it means so many.
0: Okay. So what does the whole thing mean? Uh,
1: if there are so many accidents on the road, it's because... We have cars of tomorrow driven by men of today on the roots of yesterday. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That has got to be uh, the most uh, applicable and the best. I think that is the best phrase <laughs> that you've come up with. That is really good. Thank you. And it has so much to do with this episode, unfortunately. Mm, yeah.
1: So we're going to work on getting that fixed, right? Right?
0: Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna. We're not going to be typical. No. We're getting that fixed, and uh, this this time we're running her through the insurance. I'm sick of paying two, three thousand dollars just so I don't get a premium up upgrade. <laughs> it's why you have insurance. I know. that's why we have insurance. So we're going to run it through the insurance, and that'll be that.
1: It's the stupid tax again.
0: Yeah. We've got lots of stupid taxes. We do.
1: It's been, we've been on a roll.
0: Hey, I discovered something really, really cool at the train station when I went to pick up our guests uh, the other day. And I'm telling you, this. to me, this is uh, a little example, I guess you could say, of why... A place like France doesn't really have an obese problem similar to the one that is rampant in the United States right now. I walked by a vending machine in the train station at Agen that actually has baskets of fruits and vegetables in it. You can walk up to this. I'm going to include pictures of it on the Facebook page because you won't even believe it. Fresh fruits and vegetables, I'm talking like right out of the garden, baskets of onions and peppers and potatoes and mushrooms in this massive vending machine. You go and, uh, you know, I want number 32 and then 32 is six bucks or whatever. And I think you 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 hit upon why that is there.
1: Yeah, because it wouldn't be to to snack on immediately. You know, you've got potatoes. You've got to prepare the potatoes, and so maybe an apple or. But um, I think it's when people are coming back from their their destination, and they don't have anything in the fridge, so they pick up a box of fresh eggplant, cucumbers, whatever, and they they've got dinner yeah. or lunch.
0: But it's just remarkable. Like, I think down in the southern states, the vending machines are like three quarts of soda pop and lard. I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous. This, this thing, I, I've, I haven't seen fruit and vegetables this fresh. In, and it wasn't plastic. It was the real deal. I mean, uh, what a great idea!
1: I think it is a really good idea, and you know, I, I saw the, the the photos that you showed me, and the the, the full of pride, like you know, um, the sign says, you know, from our local producers. Uh, someone is managing clearly that that machine, and I noticed also you had the, the little bill, like all the itemized uh, costs for for the basket. Right. So then you just select number twenty two, put in the correct amount of euros, and, and the door opens. Yeah.
0: And you pull out your basket and th- that's it. But, yeah, it it, it it must really take a lot of attention because everything has to remain really fresh. Mm-hmm. It, it was just, it looked remarkable in there.
1: Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. No,
0: me neither. So, I don't know. I think that's a great idea. I think something like that will catch on. And especially in a location like that, to your point, people get off the train and they're heading home. Hey, let's take some vegetables with us. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I love it. And our our guests, I showed them that and they were like, holy cow, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, We picked them up the other day, uh, Adam and Mila and uh, their little guy, Jude, who will be seven in a month. Seven in a month. It was
1: – it. that was – we had a great visit. We had a really great time with, with Adam and Mila. But for me, it was discovering what it's like being around a six-year-old. Yeah. I'm pretty tired.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy has endless amounts of energy. And oh, thank God we had the pool because he was in there like a fish.
1: Yes. But more so, he's just so – for for a six year old, his vocabulary is remarkable. So he's always interacting.
0: He's always engaged. Is, well, he wants to know everything you're talking about. Yes, first of all, ask
1: so many questions. What does that word mean? What do you know? How do you do this? And and uh, it's just the, the curiosity is, is charming. Why
0: is Uncle Jeff so cranky? <laughs> yeah. that kind of because thing. Because
1: you're asking too many questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, he was an absolute delight, and we. Yeah. We, uh, he hung in there with the little day trips that that we mm-hmm. uh, went on. We went out for a couple of neat lunches. But he really liked what we did last night, didn't he?
1: He really did. Yeah, yeah. it was so much fun. We, we We've talked about night markets before, but we'd never been to uh, the Montflanquin night market. And Montflanquin is another bastide town. It's, you know, fortified town, um medieval. This one is uh, a, a, a part of the association of uh, les plus beaux villages yeah. de France,
0: which is the most beautiful villages in France.
1: It has the accreditation, and and it, it was just so magical because this night market is in the square, and you're surrounded by all these twelfth no eleventh century buildings that you know have so much history.
0: Well, and it's interesting. We missed last week, they have their medieval days or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. And they take people, uh, like everyone's dressed up like a knight and they have the swords and the whole thing and they'll take people out of the audience and put them in a wooden... Uh, jail and throw water on them and take them to the dungeon and (laughs) it's so much fun the kids have a great time
1: yeah yeah but the night market was was different than the one we'd been to before it it had more variety yes i i you know um and, and and talk about uh popular the the people that were selling the french fries oh that lineup was like how many people deep?
0: Well at one point I, I'm gonna honestly say at one point there were maybe fifty to sixty people in the line. I, I, I think I'm I'm right on this. I, oh
1: yeah. No, it was it was an immense lineup. And I think the, the key is because they, they make these French fries in duck fat.
0: No, the key is that they were the best French fries I've ever had in my <laughs> life. And I think the whole table agreed. They were insane. Really good.
1: They were really,
0: really good. And he had a method there. I think I caught it where he's got two vats going. And I think he does the main cooking in a vegetable oil, and then or or the reverse. I'm not sure. And then the the final cooking is either in the duck fat or in the vegetable oil because the taste they got, and then they dump some sea salt on there. <laughs> the taste they got out of these freshly cut fries was unbelievable. We had two big baskets for a table of five. Yeah, I know.
1: We're, and we didn't go for a walk no, today. No, we so. did not go for a walk
0: today. But uh, we'll. We'll uh, have to work that off in, in some fashion yeah because also you know when when guests come we also do the, the full croissant from the from the boulangerie every morning so yeah, we might want to back <laughs> off on some of the carbs. But do, do you
1: know that montflanquin has had Thursday markets since 1256? What? Yeah I don't they probably weren't night markets back then. But that's how long they've been um, – where artisans and produce people come out and and uh, sell their, their – Yeah,
0: and they have – again, they have a little band there, a little uh, – some musicians playing, and it was really fun. Kids are running all over the place. They have uh, – they had about three different wine stations. They had a place where you could get beer – uh, they had cheese going. Oh, they had a, an escargot. Was it an escargot? Escargot, yeah. They had an escargot trailer, like.
1: And it smelled great. I didn't. I didn't the were, lineup was too big. The lineup but, was too big. But it, they, it smelled. Oh, just fantastic. And
0: the other thing about Montflanquin, a little bit different than Dose. Dose's area is kind of in a, a parking lot area, which works really well for uh, the vendors to set up. But the thing about Montfalcone Mont is it's in a square, and the restaurants are also open when mm. the market is. So a lot of people go to the restaurants and they just they just sit there and have their meal and just watch all the goings on in the uh, in the square.
1: Yeah, and, and they're they're beautiful big trees, so yeah. it was shaded.
0: Mm. on oh, a perfect night,
1: it was a great night.
0: Not and too e- hot.
1: Easy parking too. Sometimes you know you, you wonder, you know, with with bastide villages, where are you going to park? because these villages were not designed for cars,
0: clearly. but they had a, a bunch of parking areas and it wasn't too far of a walk. you br- again, you bring your own plates and cutlery and glasses and this time we brought a tablecloth. <laughs> I loved it. It was really fun. <laughs> so in that book, yeah, um, because this is uh, this is a book that we would highly recommend if you're coming to France because this is the book gives you a little, Synopsis about each of the most beautiful villages in France. How many are there in total? Like, was there a hundred
1: I think one fifty six or seven. Uh
0: huh. One hundred and fifty six or seven.
1: And it's throughout France.
0: Yeah, it's everywhere. These, yeah, yeah it, it doesn't matter where you are; you'll find villages nearby that qualify as these beautiful villages. And Montflanquin is certainly one of them.
1: Yeah, and and I th- I think when you're you know in the southwest of France. The most beautiful villages will be Bastide
0: villages. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we highly recommend you check out Montflanquin next time you're in France because it is just a charming city. It has lots of fine restaurants and a real medieval feel. Something else that we have found as, as a medieval look, and I we just found out that it's 12th century, right, is, mm-hmm. is our, our local chateau.
1: The one that we walk to. Yeah, it, uh, I did not know it was that old. No,
0: nope, nor did I. And when we first moved here a couple of years ago, it was for sale. It was. And we looked at it, it as 1.5 million. Like, we didn't look at it to buy, but 1.5 million euros. and For this massive. Massive. But again... these and,
1: and lots of land, too.
0: Lots of land, but they typically need work. Yes. And I th- I, I'm not sure if the French government has a plan for people who do want to restore, a little help, you know, to keep these things going. But whoever has purchased this is on the go getting this thing ship shape. So they, first of all, started with clearing a lot of the overgrown brush that surrounded the chateau. And I'm going to include some brand new pictures of the chateau, ones that we were never able to get before. We couldn't see. No, it was blocked by all this scraggly brush. And it's gorgeous. I mean, it's it's imposing.
1: And it, it's, it seems like it's in really good shape, the exterior of yeah, it. Yeah,
0: all the retaining walls are still there, which just amazes me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I yeah, the, whoever, uh, we, we understand, uh, this is, everybody talks, right? Everybody talks around here.
1: Yeah. So, like, we met this one woman who said, uh, we got this little bit of information, whether or not it's true. Apparently, the people who purchased the chateau are from Belgium. Okay. Okay. Um, Les and, Belges, and they want to put in an Olympic-sized pool. Holy! They've they've already um, made room for a huge parking
0: lot, which means that they're probably going to convert. This place has several outbuildings, one of which is already a a new jeet, like they've redone the windows and everything, but we think they're going to be uh, turning this into a massive area where you can stay. Maybe there'll be some rooms within the chateau itself, and we think they're going to be converting some of these outbuildings because they've already redone the entire septic system.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so there's a lot of investment going into this project, and and we're just and looking at it and seeing the progress every time we walk by.
0: Yeah, because we would we would love for that to be a success because it's first of all it's it's about a half an hour yeah, it's about a half an hour walk from our place through the woods in the trail system. Yes. And they've got a lot of uh survey markers around their property and I'm wondering if they're going to be fencing things off because right now you can walk right through right through their property. It's part of the trail system and I wonder if that's going to be
1: well, we'll find out.
0: Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, I, I'm thinking if you're going to uh, be uh, home to a number of guests, and jeets and but, guest But houses, the main property is walled in. Well, no, no. but there, but there, Okay, but there's that one jeet, uh, and it's right down the middle of the trail. On the, on the one side is the jeet, and on the other side is the chateau. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if they want to close all that off to the public and just keep that for the people who are... Well, going to be renting I'm the sure there,
1: there were some discussions had with, uh, you know, the Mary.
0: Well, and, you know, one of the things is if we're going to put all this money into it, from their point of view, I, I kind of understand it because, you know, you want to have a destination for people who want to come and visit France, stay in a really cool Gite, and, and you know, have some privacy.
1: And with an outstanding view. Oh, the view. It's, it's, well, it's, now. Yes. yeah, Now that the trees are gone... <laughs> Yeah, it it overlooks the the Lot Valley, and it's stunning.
0: There are plenty of places though on this trail system to see actually even better views than they have at the chateau. Yeah, but, yeah you're right. But the chateau is right at the top, and um, you know, hopefully one day if if they have a grand opening, we can go there and take some pictures and show you the inside because this thing has a room for everything. Billiards, it's got everything in there. I mean,
1: yeah, it, it's. I think if they do it and they do it right. Uh, it could be a real destination
0: but if they do it and do it right we're talking millions of euros millions
1: millions, millions. Mm.
0: it's uh, it's staggering so we will definitely include some some new photos of how do you pronounce it again the chateau the
1: chateau de Noyac Sh...
0: do you, you do a thing at the end there Noyac-ke? noyac noyac yeah, but you said yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you guys hang on to things. We do, and and c'est normal. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, but, but it's almost like you add another syllable. Like, why can't you just be? Some no-
1: people, be, people speak French. It's <laughs> no-yak.
0: But, but you just went noyak. Yeah, yeah it's like no-yak. another. It's like another syllable. Anyway, okay. And it's spelled N-O-A-I-L-L-A-C. Chateau. And you can look that up, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Wikipedia.
0: Do they have shots of the interior? No. They don't, huh? No. Um,
1: no, but when it was when we saw the listing, we did see what the inside looked like. And it, it looked like it was in pretty good repair.
0: It just it needed some updating. It, it also, you know, again, the, everything back then was dark and, you know, brown and woody and which is nice you know but yeah yeah just right. we f-
1: and we found out th- this is really v- very medieval
0: yeah very medieval yeah 12th century crazy come and check it out all right well next week on our uh on our podcast chapter 33 we will share some of the new comments from our facebook page i was just looking at at a bunch of them and we have people catching up there there's some oh, some comments from like that's interesting 10 10 20 ago which huh. is Yeah, which is kind of cool. So uh, I'll do a little collection of, of some of the new comments uh, for next week's uh, podcast.
1: That's great. And uh, we will try to find a new adventure to tell you about. Mm-hmm. And that's if uh, Jeff can uh, get the car out of the driveway oh. in one piece.
0: Thanks. This is Jeff and Julie. <laughs> moved <laughs> to France during a global Gosh. pandemic. Au revoir. Au <laughs> revoir.